If you have your Bible, Second Peter chapter 1. And uh, had somebody used to attend church here, and she moved back to New York, told me last week, she said, you don't preach long enough. I said, that's easy for you to say. You're not going to be in service. So I won't keep you long. I want to be sensitive of the time, but also want to say what's on my heart today. And my title this morning is Don't Neglect the Most Important Thing. Don't Neglect the Most Important Thing. And we're going to look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Is it okay if I read it in a couple different versions this morning? I'm going to read it in the New King James, and then I'm going to read it in the Message Version just to kind of bring out some different thoughts on this passage of Scripture. This is uh, The reason I say don't neglect the most important thing is simply this. This is a week that we focus on being thankful. Amen? And it is. I want every week of my life, every day of my life, every minute of my life to be one of gratitude towards God. So I don't really need a reminder culturally to be thankful to God for what He has done in my life. Amen? Look here at Second Peter chapter 1, verse 1. If you're there, say amen. amen. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also, for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and a brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an interest will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now the message version, listen along. I, Simon Peter, am a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. I write this to you whose experience with God is as life-changing as ours, all due to our God's straight dealing and the intervention of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you many times over as you deepen in your experience with God and Jesus. Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. The best invitation we ever received. We were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you. Your tickets to participation in the life of God after you turned your back on a world corrupted by lust. So don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given. Complementing your basic faith with character, spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience, reverent wonder, warm friendliness, and generous love. Each dimension fitting into and developing the others. With these qualities active and growing in your lives, no grass will grow under your feet. No day will pass without its reward as you mature in your experience of our Master Jesus. Without these qualities, you can't see what's right before you. 
oblivious that your old sinful life has been wiped off the books. So, friends, confirm God's invitation to you, His choice of you. Don't put it off. Do it now. Do this and you'll have your whole life firm and rooted, the streets paved and the way wide open into the eternal kingdom of our Master and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, for these next few minutes and moments, I pray that anything said of myself would fall by the wayside. But God, whatever said under the unction of the Holy Spirit, under the anointing, May it go into the hearts of the people today. May it change our lives and may it bless and encourage us, challenge us, and change us. Lord, change us today from glory to glory and faith to faith. Lord, your holy presence is here and we acknowledge it and we thank you for it, Lord. Let your presence just settle over each heart. May the peace of God that passes all understanding be present in this room. And God, as we honor your word, we know that you're you, would, you are honored As we honor your word, Father, we pray that, God, the power of your word would be present here today. In Jesus' name and all God's people said. So I want to talk to you today about how to grow in your faith. How many would like to know how to grow in your faith? Amen. Me too. So here's point number one this morning that we're going to delve into according to 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Because here uh, in the book of 2 Peter, he is literally laying out what a life in God looks like. So number one, everything you need for life and godliness, you already have in full. Everybody say in full. You actually don't need another thingamajig. You don't need another doohickey. You don't need another something added to your life. I want to lay the foundation of what Peter is talking about as he's writing here this morning, is he's letting them know that what you have need of is already been provided by Jesus. Oftentimes we walk through life, I do it, you do it, we say, well, once this season of testing and trial are over, then I'm going to finally lay hold of what that which God laid hold of me. And once this, once I'm over this thing going on in my physical body, then it's time to really receive what God wants. Well, let me tell you something this morning. It's not a new mate. It's not a new job. It's not when you get the promotion. It's not any of those things. You don't need anything added to your life besides what God has already provided. And it's telling us right here very plainly in these scriptures that God has provided. It's like the word that just came forth a few minutes ago that oftentimes we're praying and we're praying from a position of we're praying from a position of, well, this is just going to continue on. You have authority. Amen. And we also understand through scriptures like this because he says this, for this very reason. He's saying, for this reason, since everything has been provided, he goes on to say this, make every effort. Everybody say effort. What follows are seven virtues that we'll end with this morning. And each of these are laid on a foundation. Seven virtues that if we make every effort, everything's provided. But we make every effort to add to our faith. It's, it's like in the scripture, he just kind of barrels past, past faith because he understands that faith is the very foundation upon which we stand. But here's the catch. Here's the catch that I can be real with you about this morning as you're sitting here. The catch is that sometimes we pray for more and we end up with less. <laughs> Come on. Yes. Amen. Sometimes we feel like about the time, I'm just sharing with you by myself, about the time that I kind of conquer and get rid of this attitude that I know the Holy Spirit's wanting to deal with me about or, or this over here in my life, it seems like just about the time that I squash one, something else pops up. Amen? 
The Bible goes to great lengths to describe the trouble that we find ourselves in at times. We fight and we crush the head of one deadly sin only to kind of see one pop up in some other area. Listen, I I came to tell you that that is not supposed to be the normal Christian experience. Come on. When our loving God went to such incredible lengths to rescue us from the state we were in, He did not intend for any of us to live anything less than an abundant, overcoming life that the foundation is the finished work of Christ. And it doesn't matter what circumstances is going on, we can rest in Him. But, here's what Peter is saying. Since you've been given this by faith, Make every effort. So discipline and effort tie into growing these virtues in our life that he's talking about here in Second Peter. Of things, This is one of my favorite scriptures because it's one of the very first scriptures that I learned and memorized. I was being discipled by my grandfather who had pastored for many years, decades. And for some reason we got on this subject of this in Second Peter. And the part that said, you will be neither unbarren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That hit me so hard of understanding that I'm saved by grace through faith. I'm standing on the foundation of the finished work of cross of the cross. But yet I am able to apply myself through, through what? Listen, through praying, through worship, through study, through, through prayer, through applying myself through spiritual disciplines, I will ne- be neither barren nor unfruitful. When I read neither barren nor unfruitful, and I was a very young baby Christian, I thought to myself immediately, that's the kind of life that I want to live for God, is one that's growing fruit. But I came to tell you, just like Peter is laying out here, you have the foundation, and it's really walking, everybody say determined. We've been talking for a few weeks about grit, about determination, about just having something in you that kind of says at times, hey, I, I, I see areas of my life that aren't fruitful. I see areas of my life that don't line up with God's word, but I am going to apply myself to being a fruitful, believing Christian. Has anybody ever noticed the upside downness of the Bible? Have you ever noticed that? It's like if you want to be great, be the servant of everybody. If you want blessings poured out upon you, then be a giver. Now, it does not make sense to tell you that the avenue by which God blesses your life, one of the avenues, is the fact of just being obedient to be generous. Amen? Being obedient to the disciplines of our life. He says here, we have everything we need, so make every effort. It's kind of like saying, hey... You have all the money you need, so make every effort to get rich, right? It's like saying, you have all the money you need, so make every effort. That doesn't really make sense until you understand what he meant. You see, we can have all the money we need, but never put it to good use. To start with the foundation that everything you need has already been provided for you doesn't isn't going to change your life unless you see it as a revelation and understand it's already been provided. It'd be kind of like this. Let me give you another little illustration. It'd be kind of like somebody saying to you, hey, I bought a piece of land, big, beautiful 10 acres. There's a pond in the back. There's trees surrounding it. Beautiful place. And I am going to provide for you 
every single thing that you have need of in order to build the house of your dreams. How many would be up for that? Amen? You'd be up for that? Absolutely. But here's the catch. Here's the thing. Listen, if all that has been provided, but yet you let the the wood and the shingles and the galvanized screws and every nail lay there and you're just admiring it saying, boy, this is what a blessing. Listen, we need to understand that if you do not begin to put the effort into growing the fruit of the Spirit, listen, and we're going to get to the next point. Don't get ahead of me. The next point is how do we grow that fruit is intimacy with Jesus according to the Scripture. But my point is simple. A lot of Christians that I run across don't look at their lives from the angle of God has already provided it. But it's going to take a little bit of discipline and effort on my part to walk how God wants me to walk. Amen. Amen? Point is this. Unless you make every effort toward the right thing, you can have everything you need and still end up with the wrong thing. Let me say it again. Unless you make every effort towards the right thing, you can have everything you need yet still up end up with the wrong thing. God provides everything for life and godliness. That is the house that we want to build. Life and godliness. So like anything that's built, it starts with a foundation. And the foundation that that he's talking about here is our foundation of faith. The foundation that there is a finished work of Christ that we enter into by faith. Why is faith so important? Why is it important to start here? Because here's what I found. And maybe you can witness this this morning. It's impossible to be good without God. Are you hearing me? My point is simple because I've watched this happen in so many people's lives and it's happened in my life too. Some of the best fruit that I have ever grown in my life, the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit where I see my patience increase and the fruit where I see my relationship with God abundantly growing, it's always being received from an outside source. But I always start with the foundation of what we're talking about this morning, simple but so profound and true. That I'm not trying to gain God's favor and attention. God has already favored me. And he's already looking at you with love and with care and concern. The reason I say this is such a a solid foundation. Here's why it's so important to get this. Because even the fruit that I've grown in my life. Even the sin that I've overcome. Even the 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 trials that I've walked through, even the the difficulties throughout my life in in ministry and being on the mission field, all those times, I can honestly look back and still give God 100% of the praise and glory because I have found that He is the one that's growing it. It's Him. That's what... Peter doesn't want him to get confused. He's laying the foundation that, listen, you have already been given such great and precious promises from God. You have already been placed in a level of relationship and favor with God. So since we know this, our response is to go ahead and make every effort to grow in the grace that he has provided. Two things immediately jump out. At verse 1, he says, To those who through righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, has received a faith as precious as ours. Everybody say received. Received. Everybody say precious. precious. Faith is a gift and faith is a treasure. 
Are you hearing me this morning? Faith is a gift. Listen, the understanding that even the faith that I possess is, is a gift from God Himself. Does everybody understand that this morning? Theologically speaking, you can't be good without God and you can't even believe God without God. That's the foundation that he's talking about here. Listen, as crazy as this sounds, I'll just be honest with you. When you start to talk about faith and the finished work of Christ, all of us usually, and I know what's going on in your mind. You're kind of like, yeah, but. Yeah, but. Listen, if you don't start with it is finished, then you'll never advance into where God has for you. You won't. Because even the mysteriousness and the and, and understanding that God actually is the one, what's it called? The gift of faith. Does everybody hear me? Yeah. yeah. So some of the best fruit that I've ever grown in my life, I had to turn back around and say, God, I applied myself to spiritual discipline. I fasted when you told me to fast. I get up in the morning and I pray. I attend church. I do all the things that I know that will help me grow. But at the end of the day, I still have to lift my hands and say, God, without you, I'm nothing. God, I part from you. That's what we're talking about this morning. Jesus said very clearly, I am the vine, you are the branches. Abide in me. And some of you this morning just need to come back to a place of just abiding in God and who He is and who you are. And it certainly doesn't mean that he doesn't want to confront and change us. But I've gotten to places in my life where there's something of faith cemented in me because I actually say, like the man who said to Jesus, I think this is great. He says, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. There's been faith cemented in my heart because I just come to him and I say, God, I need you to help me out here. I need you to grow my faith. So then faith is precious. If something's precious to you, you value it. Amen? Can I encourage you this morning? Get around some people that their faith is precious to them. Get around some people that love nothing but Jesus in His presence. Young people, get around some people that are heading in the same direction this morning, and you'll see your faith begin to grow. So our foundation rests solely in God, and our confidence is in the value and worthiness of the object of faith. Amen? Let me say that again. Listen. Our confidence is in the value and worthiness of the object of our faith. That's our confidence. Who's our confidence in? It's not in the arm of flesh and it's not in man. It's in the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two this morning, we grow in faith by knowing Jesus in the secret place and He becomes our source for everything. Right there in the scripture we just read, it's very plain that what really is going to grow you and I, is finding that, everybody say secret place. Secret place. I hope you even entered into it this morning, even though you're in a room full of people. I hope you entered into that place. Listen, everything that is healthy, I already said this, but let me say it again. Everything that is healthy and growing gets its nutrients or life from an outside source. And church, you are no different this morning. Amen? Amen? You are no different. Your source is the secret place. Your source is going into your closet, shutting the door, and getting with God. Your source to grow these virtues that Peter's talking about. See, here's what happens. If you read that and then you say, okay, 
okay, bless God, I, I, I have to be more patient with people. Okay, I need to be nicer. I need to love people more. I need knowledge, so I'm going to jump into my Bible. What ends up happening, and I've seen it over and over and over again, is if you try that without first starting with the source of who grows these virtues in your life to begin with, you're going to run on a hamster wheel, and you're going to burn out, you're going to give up, you're going to get off, and you're going to say, that whole thing doesn't work for me, because nobody took long enough to stop and back up and say our entire source of growth in your life is just being near to Jesus Christ. That's what growth is. So that's my question for you. What are you nourishing yourself on? Are you nourishing yourself on people's opinions? Are you nourishing yourself on something outside of your relationship with God? Because it's custom made to fail to continually point us to the one who can't fail. Amen? Jesus had a secret to his ministry, church. The secret to the ministry of Jesus was he went to the source. If we want to do the things Jesus did, then we have to hook into the same source Jesus had. It's called the Word of God and the power of His Holy Spirit. The source. Everybody say source. The Bible says, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. I had an elementary school teacher way back, back in the late 1880s when I went to school. And I had an elementary teacher that, and at the time, I didn't really realize what she was doing until much later. And this came back to my memory a few days ago, and I thought that would make a good point for that second point today, that we, we have to know our source. You, you have to go into the secret place. The enemy will fight you, not necessarily even to come to church or be part of a, a Bible group or a Bible study or even have good friendships. One thing the enemy fights me on anyway, and maybe you relate to this, is just getting that alone time with God. I mean, have you ever noticed how our lives are completely public nowadays? I mean, you go get a cup of coffee, put it on social media. Get a new job, put it on social media. You take that profile picture. No, my double chin's shown. Don't put that on social media. Put this one on social media. Listen, we have become so public and we become so dependent on what everybody else thinks, you're neglecting the secret place. And my elementary school teacher, she would not let us. And, and what bothered me about her doing it this way is the fact that she would read. Everybody was in alphabetical order. So if you had a row of ten desks, alphabetical order, you would think she would just look and see who's not here and mark them off instead of making us say present. Every time she would call the names out in the class, it wasn't like, yeah, or I'm here. She would make us say, present. Because she explained to us that you can be in a room, but not really in a room. Amen? When God says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you, how often are we getting our time with God? Because our lives are so public, some of us even brag about our own Bible study and quiet time. Quit it! got the coffee and the Bible, just the lights coming in. I've done it. You guys can go back and look at my social media. I'm like, get private time with Jesus. How private is it if you just blasted it all over social media? But she had to say present because have you ever been in a room with somebody that's completely distracted? I do it every Sunday. Every Sunday. 
every Sunday. That was good. Thank you. Imagine how God feels. And listen, I am not putting guilt and condemnation on you about being distracted. How many go to get with God? And listen, I'm not talking about 50. If you would just take five or ten minutes, if you're not doing this, and just go shut everything out, put your phone in the other room. Because that always happens to me. I'm really, okay, God, it's me and you. I'm finally able to sit down and ding, ding, this is going off. The dog needs out. This happens, that happens. How many understand one of the main enemies of the uh, tactics of the enemy is just distraction? Just distract you. And so the importance of the secret place is this, that you will not grow these virtues in your life until you connect in with the source of life and of virtue. Because when we do become a little more patient, we're usually... Lifting up ourselves, well, look how I handled that situation. Listen, honey, if you wouldn't have handled that that way unless the Holy Spirit was putting a, something over your mouth. So if you've been in a room where, with somebody that is distracted, imagine how God feels dealing with us. Because God is everywhere, right? And the secret place isn't just shutting your door and getting alone with God. If you spend enough time there, you can go into the secret place any place, any time. You can be buying turkeys at Walmart to give away to the community, and God is right there. You can be in the hallway of a school, and you can enter into that secret place, because what are you doing? You're practicing the presence of God. And the more you stay in that place, the more the fruit begins to just... Listen, if you're, if you're working hard and trying to build, grow fruit this morning, can I just take you off the hook? And the best thing you can do is just say, God, I see that this isn't in my life. I need faith to help it grow. And I need to get with you and get into your words. Because he says, since you already have this, make every effort. There is effort in your spiritual life. There is. God's, God's, God, here's what God, God doesn't want you earning, but he's not afraid of you trying. Come on. Because you can't earn what He has offered you. You can't earn complete forgiveness of sin. You can't earn favor. You can't earn, listen to me, you can't earn a relationship with Him. So the reason that faith is the main building block, according to 2 Peter chapter 1, is because when you come to Him, what does the Bible say? You must believe that He is. Who are you believing that you're coming to? You're believing that you're coming to a God who loves you, who desires a relationship, who wants to be close to you. And if you're all constantly distracted, can I just be straight with you? And I feel convicted about this all the time. If you're constantly distracted, how... Let me get the right word here. I don't want to say demeaning. or How irreverent. If... And listen, listen, there's times I've just had to stop and say, God, I just stop right now and reverence your presence. Because most of our prayer time usually comes and just lays out a list of what God should do. If you change your prayer time and just say, God, I want to encounter you, then you'll see the fruit just start to grow in your life. It's a natural byproduct of our relationship with Him. Amen? Amen. Have you ever considered that God wants to walk with you, talk with you, and be near to you? Again, I'll go back to where I started. Every time you see life flourishing, it's because it's receiving nourishment from an outside source. And God wants you to flourish. 
God desires for you to have an abundant life. God wants you to be the type of believer that other people look at your life and they see that there's another source that they can tap into just like you have tapped into. Here's a key. You feed what you want. Amen? Because whatever you're feeding in your life today, is that what, that's going to win out. So if you're feeding, if you're making every effort to be in the Word of God, to pray, to seek Him, to gather together with other like-minded believers, when you do that, you're going to begin to grow. When you feed that spirit part on the inside that's connecting with heaven, that's connecting with God, every time that you open that Bible, you are receiving communication from another world. It's called heaven. You're receiving communication that will help you walk throughout life. You feed what you want and whatever you feed will win out in your life. Let me give you some quick things on how to feed your spirit. (laughs) Simple, but listen to me for just a minute. Be in the house of God when the doors are open. Amen? Amen? Listen, this isn't a come to church message. It's not. I don't get extra rewards in heaven because you came to church today. Amen? But being in the presence of God with people of God that are hungry for the Holy Spirit will fill you up. It will encourage you. Not just come to the house of God, but be in community with other believers. Listen, have other people praying for you. Have other people encouraging you, challenging you. When I have people that are encouragers, I'm like a good encourager. Like my pastor used to say, every good dog needs a pat on their head every so often. Amen? Amen. It's true. Sometimes you guys, sometimes you just need somebody to give us a good pat on the head. Amen? Generosity feeds your spirit. What is that? Put others before yourself. When I put others before myself, what does it help? It helps me from becoming prideful. Because this Thanksgiving week, one of the best things we can remind, be reminded of is how incredibly blessed we are. I mean, I've been all around this world. And I've been in the Molly Grubs because my fourth car broke down. Right? When I've raised money before so pastors can get bicycles to ride 30 miles one way to preach at a church. Listen, it's called perspective and it's important. And generosity is important. So serving others feeds your spirit. The Word of God feeds your spirit. So, in other words, you have got to feed your spirit. You, you have to tap into what he's talking about here in the beginning of that relationship with God and that relationship with him. Listen, you cannot starve the root system of your spiritual life by not spending time with him and expect anything good to come out. Listen, how many have, how many have been in a place where you've gotten kind of distant to God? And I want to tell you something this morning. If you're distant from God, who moved? It wasn't him. And when you get closer to him, I've noticed that when I notice some things coming out of me that I don't belong, I just have to stop and say, God, I need to get with you. Amen. Let's move on along. Let me wrap up with this this morning. He says this, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in your knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you start with faith, 
when you start with the very foundation that God has already provided, everything that's needed for life and godliness, everything. And what God looks down and desires is for all of us to live an abundant Christian experience. Amen? So when you understand that, and then you understand the key to the whole thing is just simply getting into your secret place of being with Him. In other words, learn to just quiet yourself. Before we move on to the virtues, one of the best things you can do is learn to just be quiet in the presence of God. That's revolutionary in and of itself. It is because we live such hurried, public... And what most pastors would maybe get up here and do is get up here in a scripture like this and just tell everybody, you need to run faster, you need to run harder, you need to do more, you need to buy more turkeys and bring more Halloween candy in and do this and to do that. You listening to me? This pastor wants to tell you the key this morning. Some, some of the things that don't belong in your life need to be cut off so that you do have time for the most important. Just getting quiet with him. Turn off the radio, turn off the TV, and just get with God. This is about, what he's talking about here, is moving from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. But when you find, listen, when you find God in that secret place, that is one of the most fulfilling, most rewarding, life-changing. When I've been in the presence of God, the same circumstance I went in there and shut the door with, I come back out, and it, not mess, not, it necessarily hasn't changed, but I have. Yes. I have. Let's look at these. These don't take, my point is, these don't take place by accident, but here they are. Goodness. Everybody say goodness. goodness. At its very core, what is goodness? The word Peter used literally means excellence of character. <laughs> Church, just take that one thing. That we are supposed to be, and these aren't chronological like you start with goodness and you build up from there. They're hand and glove. That's why I read the message version of the Bible because it doesn't say, it's saying all of these are intertwined as you grow in Christ and grow in His Word and grow in relationship with Him. But listen, the Word literally means excellence of character. If the church would just focus on that one thing and be people of excellent character, we would change in a community. Amen? How many have met somebody that's just a good person, sacrificial, kind, loving? Some of you all should be raising your hand because you know me. I mean, my wife's not down here to back me up. Everybody say knowledge. knowledge. Verse 5 says, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge. Let me make this simple this morning. You have a Bible, use it. That's what it's saying. Add to your goodness to knowledge. Dig into the Word. Take advantage of Bible studies. Take advantage of of hanging out with believers at a dinner and breaking out the Bible and beginning to just break it down. I am enjoying this season of my two kids' lives, my son and my daughter. I'm enjoying this season because they're asking questions and they're asking questions about the Bible and they're asking questions about God and they're asking questions about the supernatural spiritual realm that I am just really enjoying in this season. But here was, I'm not pointing them to myself, I'm pointing them to the Word so that they will be knowledgeable in the Word. The next one is self-control. Everybody say self-control. Self-control. Self-control is doing what you don't feel like doing 
and not doing what you, feel, what you do feel like doing. Amen? Amen? Self-control is doing what you don't feel like doing and not doing what you do feel like doing. Amen? What's some self-control that we can apply to our lives? Hey, self-control. When you have self-control, you can master those moods. Come on. Amen. You can. Self-control will allow you to tame the tongue. Amen? Amen. Self-control allows us to regulate our actions and our reactions. Self-control helps you control your calendar. Self-control will help you manage your money. Self-control empowers us to bridle our tongues and even see God as the one who helps us walk out in a physical way by helping us with our physical bodies and the things going on. Everybody say self-control. Everybody say perseverance. Perseverance. The next quality that he talks about is perseverance. Listen, perseverance is the quality of being able to continue to move forward. Listen to me now. With a good attitude, no matter what circumstance you're in. He's saying, add to your goodness knowledge and the knowledge self-control and the self-control right here, perseverance. There's something to be said about just persevering with a good attitude. What's a good attitude? Go back to the beginning. The attitude is this. It is finished and God has received me into his kingdom. I've been adopted into the kingdom of God. I've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light and his glorious kingdom. So that is what we continue to persevere through. Because no matter what the enemy throws your way, there's always a better day ahead. Because your destination this morning is heaven. So our perseverance is full of faith because it doesn't matter what we see with our eyes. We know we have a God who is working on our behalf. That fills us with, with perseverance. Or I'll, I'll, I'll take liberty and say it this way. You need to have some sanctified stubbornness. Amen? Amen. You do. Everybody say godliness. godliness. Listen, that is just a word there that just has to, it talks about reverence of God. Amen? Church, we need a fresh, fresh baptism and just reverence for Him. Yes. Reverence for Him. When you do go into your quiet time, your secret place, the place that God has, that relationship with you, godliness just, it really means, it, it, all, it also conveys the idea of worship. Right. Godliness is just a simple thought that, God, I am completely devoted to you. Completely devoted to your kingdom. Then he says mutual affection. Or brotherly love. It's literally the Greek word Philadelphia. Listen, it, it, it conveys an idea of just winsomeness or conveys an idea of just brotherly love. You are somebody who just has mutual affection. Have you ever been around somebody who just came out of the secret place? I hope you have. When I have come out of the secret place of meeting with God, and this is so important, this is so important right here. When I've come out of that secret place, I I found that my love tank is full. Yes, yes. If your love tank isn't full, if everybody gets on your nerves every day, every week, every month of the year for 2022, (laughs) let me give you a key. Go into the secret place. Mm -hmm. Because He is the very source of love. I've, I've mentioned to God many times, God, I don't love, I, God, I don't love like I should. And what's the answer for that is to try to stir something up. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. We put on the fake smile. We get dressed up for church. Bless God, everything's great. 
listen, when I come out of the secret place, I'm not focused on other people's attitudes or behavior. I'm focused on him, and there's a natural love, and that's what he's talking about here. Mutual affection. There's brotherly, Philadelphia brotherly love. And then finding love. Alexis, if you would come this morning, and everybody stand with me this morning. This leads to the final quality. He says, add to brotherly kindness. Add to the mutual affection. Love. Everybody say love. Love. Listen, that is the true output of partaking of the divine nature that Peter's talking about. We are partakers of his promises. We are partakers of his divine nature. And when you read or see that, the natural question is, how do I become that person that partakes of that? How do I become the person that participates in that? You have to start with your faith. You have to get into the secret place. But you also have to understand very simply that whatever part of you that you're feeding spiritually is going to win out. So if you're feeding yourself on the presence of God and the Word of God and prayer and worship, then you're going to get up and go out into the world. And these qualities and these virtues, if you just take those seven virtues right there that he listed and talked about, if you just take those, and they're through the Spirit's listed, that where Paul talked about it, they're, they're intertwined. But if you just take those, those seven and begin to get with God and say, God, I see an area over here that I just don't like the growth in. Can you help me? God, can you, can you lead me? Can you strengthen me? Can you be the one to fill me? But ultimately, all these are leading to this very quality of love. Of love. Everybody say love. So when you partake of His divine nature in the secret place, you then begin to have a divine encounter that leads to reflecting a divine personality, and that person is Jesus. That's where He's getting all of us in this room that belong to Him. He's taking us from faith to faith and glory to glory. And don't be afraid of the effort part where He says make every effort because that is the avenue that God has laid out. It's not that you earn something from Him. It's that you study and recognize what has already been given. And by doing that in faith, you naturally begin to take on the reflection of the one that you have spent time with. Amen? Bow your head and close your eyes this morning. I want to ask this question as I always do. Holy Spirit, just come in this moment. You're here, but I pray that you manifest yourself to hearts and minds. Pray that you manifest yourself in that still, small voice that we covet and we seek. Lord, thank you for your voice speaking to hearts this morning. So we invite you now to come into this room, to walk the aisles and bring conviction, bring change, bring a focus back on you and your kingdom, Father. I want to ask this question as I always do. You may have come in here and you just say, I need to get my life right with God. I've made a mess of everything. and I'm tired of trying to do this on my own. This may even be somebody that you've come to church for years, but you just came in and you are on that hamster wheel this morning. You're trying to earn something that's already been given. You're trying to 
trying to build a house over here on another lot when God's provided everything that you need for life and godliness. And you're just worn out. Would you just shoot your hand up? That's where I feel led this morning. Is you're just, you just kind of feel worn out. You, you need that secret place. You need that encounter with God. Thank you, Lord. Can we invite the Holy Spirit just to strengthen all those that raise their hand right now? Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for a strengthening over this body. That God, as we run the race that you have set out before us, may we never forget that we're following in your footsteps. And Lord, everywhere you went, you exhibited these virtues that we're talking about. You exhibited patience. You exhibited kindness. You exhibited knowledge. You exhibited goodness. And above all, you exhibited the love of God that was poured out towards each person here, God, today. So, Father, I pray that through that love that each person here would be strengthened in their inner man, that, Lord God, the secret place would come alive in a fresh way, that, behold, you do stand at the door and knock, whoever opens that door, and they come in, Father. You will dine with them, and we get to dine with you. We know that there's a a table spread out, Lord, and we come to that table this morning humbly, asking for strength, asking for refreshing, asking God this day for a miracle to happen in our hearts and our lives, faith-building, devil-chasing, sickness-rebuking, miracle. I just feel like saying this, rise up, man and woman of God. Rise up, man and woman of God. You're not to be under it, you're to be above it. (laughs) Father, as we make a commitment today to come afresh and anew into that secret place, I pray that your presence would be so tangible and so beautiful that it would literally change our hearts that we would grow in these virtues today. One more question before we leave. You say, I just need to repent and get my life right with God. I need to come and I need to lay everything before Him, laying aside the sin and the weight that so easily besets us. You just say this morning, I need to get my life right with God. Would you just shoot your hand up right there where you are? Amen. We're all believers. Amen. Amen. Let me pray over you today and pray God's protection. We've got many people out traveling, several families. And let me pray God's blessing and protection upon you this coming week. I pray it's a great week that you get to celebrate with your family the goodness of God. And even if you're not looking forward to being with your family, amen. May God give grace. Amen. Amen. Because he is. He's a good God. Father, I bless Christian Center to the church today. Thank you, God, for the moving of your spirit. Thank you, God, for the healing that you manifested in bodies. Thank you, God, for the encouragement. And today, as the pastor of this awesome church, I bless Christian Center Church, Father. May they be blessed as they've come in, and may they be blessed as they go out. 
Father, I pray that your presence would literally dwell near us continually, that your angels give charge around each family and each person and each extended family, that a hedge of protection would be raised up around each and every person and each and every family of this room, Father. As we travel and we go about this week, may we continually have at the forefront of our minds of how good you are and how good it is to dwell in the presence of Almighty God. Father, may your presence go with us continually. May you be near. May you watch over and protect until you bring us back together at the appointed time, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Go in the name of the Lord. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Hug a neck and tell them happy Thanksgiving as you go today. Be blessed.